Attention 21st Century, today's episode of 20th Century Pop ruins the two-decade mystery of just what was in the original The Matrix. Thank you for not laughing during that, because I felt like a douche. No, it's, my one it's, note. It's, uh, it's not laughable. That's some serious shit. That is, I think so. He's ruining a mystery. That <laughs> shit's serious. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop in 2019. Woo. Happy New Year. Dumb start to the show. I'm sorry. Uh, That's not <laughs> dumb. It is the new year. And people are going to be listening to this like two or three weeks into the new year. So happy new year. Happy new year on who the show. Who are you? Where we, I'm, Did you say who you were? Who am I? How am I or who Who am I? Let's do both of that. Let's first right. say who you are and then tell me how you are. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Tim Blevins. And how are you, Tim? Well, you know, I'm, I fucked up the opening. I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, you my God. Didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't get to say the tagline. The whole uh, show where we try to... I understand the present we're living in the past because I was so excited I thought 2019 was the year of no tagline no I think you're thinking of 2022 that's what they're predicting no taglines in 2022 and the rivers will be gone I don't know I'm trying to think of disaster and who am I talking to tell them oh hi I'm Bob Canning I'm doing all right yeah for 2019 for 2019 yeah it's our big first show of the new year I guess And we're keeping it consistent. We are. With our, with our previous, we've only had one other first show. Of the, well, we've had two first shows of the new year. This is our third year. We're going into our third season. Third season. We have about a third of the audience that we started out with. So all of those things <laughs> are bringing you this. Um, an episode where we're actually um, doing a segment that we haven't done. I think we did once last year. And a segment that I was very proud of. When I came up with the title for it, uh, those many years ago, uh, we're doing a segment today called FN Spoilers. Yeah. And Bob, what is that segment? Uh, Besides F- an amazing pun. FN Spoilers is where we discuss um, from our, our current viewpoint um, a TV show or a movie that had a twist to it that at the time wouldn't really have been spoiled because the internet wasn't as prominent and um, you weren't really going to be open to learning about the ending or the twist prior to actually seeing it, uh, which is kind of a different thing today. Um, It it takes effort to avoid spoilers now. And so it's our look back at when it was easier to be uh, surprised and and how that works and did it work and how, how do we react to it now? Is that about right? That is right. I yeah. think that's right. Do, do you think it is harder for a casual film goer or someone who isn't visiting all the entertainment websites or someone who maybe isn't a pop culture fanatic, like just people going to movies? Do you think it is very hard to not have something spoiled still? Or do you think it's because we happen to visit these websites and because we know comic books and because you, at least you, you're surrounded with people in the industry as friends and coworkers. You're in the industry yourself. Yeah. Do you think that plays into it, or do you think they're real? It is really harder now to go into a movie and be surprised by it. Well, that's an excellent point. I guess you're right. I guess if you're more casual, um, you are going to have a better chance of being surprised. Um, but I just feel like there are fewer and fewer casual, and and maybe we really need to ca- uh, categorize what that means. Like I think my mother 
would be surprised. I th- I don't think she's getting anything spoiled. If she goes to see something uh, that has a twist, I doubt my mother would be aware of it. Um, but I think my kids who aren't necessarily into pop culture the way that you and I are now, and, and they're certainly not on the internet. I'm not, I'm not giving them that sort of freedom yet. Um, but I still think they're kind of aware. I think people talk. I think somebody else who is into it and might figure it out or has a, a an in or has a family member who has seen it or a friend who's already seen it. I think, I think people just talk more often about that stuff freely, uh, loosely. Um, so I think the number of casual viewers that can still be surprised is smaller today than it was back in the 90s and 80s. And this is a roundabout way, I guess, to get to today's topic, <laughs> which uh, today, what are we talking about today? The Matrix. Or more specifically, what is The Matrix? <laughs> what is 1999's The Matrix? And um, I mean, I think by now The Matrix is pretty well known. I think everyone has seen it. Or if they haven't seen it, I think similar to the way we can talk about Jaws, the way we could talk about Blade Runner maybe before we saw it. Like it, it's, it's in the consciousness. It impacted and changed or opened up some eyes or altered cinema in a lot of ways in 1999 when it came out. And yet... It's not based on a comic book. It's not based on a pre-existing story. It's not brought. It wasn't brought to us by directors that people really knew. They had done Bound. Um, the, the the two Wachowskis. They had both done uh, made the movie Bound, but it wasn't a known film, and it wasn't known characters, and it wasn't something that I knew a lot about. And again, 1999, we were both. We used the internet. Yeah, I mean, we used e- email. I think we looked at stuff, but. This movie, and it came out, I think, in March. I apologize. I'm, I'm very unprepared here. But how did you first hear about The Matrix? What Prior to it opening, did you know it was coming out? What did you know about this movie? Um, I knew it was a sci-fi movie. I saw the, the commercials on TV. Um, I think I was going to Super the- Bowl commercials? Is that the first time you saw a commercial for it? You know, I can't, I can't tell you for sure. Um, I was going to the movies more often then, so I might have seen a trailer before I saw a commercial. Um, but I can't, I don't have a, a perfect recollection of when the matrix entered my life. Um, were you interested in it? Absolutely. I was, I was very much interested in seeing it. Yes. It looked cool. Uh, you know, a sci-fi action movie. I was, it was my thing that, that time of my life. Leading up to it, I had no sense of it being a big deal. I had no sense of it being something I would even see. And again, I saw the commercials. I do think it was a Super Bowl commercial. We, for this episode, watched um, the original trailer, which we'll link in the show notes. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about that. I have some interest. I, I'm- well, let's talk about that. Okay. Because again, we're it's one of those things like Star Wars, like Transformers, like um, Michael Jackson. Like, I, It's hard to imagine a time when the stuff was brand new. What is the original trailer for? Like the, the way the Matrix was introduced, at least to myself, because I wasn't keen that much in internet culture where I was getting any website or anything on it. What's in the trailer? What is this trailer for this movie? Um, to to me, it is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. So I haven't rewatched this trailer in forever. Um, so rewatching it, if this is the very first trailer, I was shocked by how much they actually reveal. Oh, really? In this trailer. Yeah. I mean, but again, this is me knowing the movie. I guess if you don't know it, you don't know what any of it means. Having known the movie, there's a lot more 
the clues and obvious thing at least now they seem obvious than than at the time i mean literally saying you know uh at one point he's like welcome to the real world you know that's a huge line which you wouldn't think would be in a, a trailer where you're trying to hide what the matrix is that's a very large big clue um and you tie if it in you know what the matrix is i guess if you know what the matrix is but i think also if if you're trying to I wasn't the type, and I still am not the type to see something like that and then try to uh, decode it and figure it out. Um, I'm not the, the the person that's going to look at the the latest uh, Avengers trailer and, and go shot by shot and character by character and see who's in the background and try to piece but, things together. But here's here's why it's good. You are the person who saw it, so that's what I'm saying. Like you and I weren't hackers, weren't computer users, the way that maybe this movie appeals to. So going into a movie where we haven't seen something. Represent. I mean, Dark City did it a couple years prior to Matrix. Um, by the way, if I assume everyone listening knows what the Matrix is, I, I, I will get to it if you don't. But coming to this movie, I mean, you you didn't know what it was about. No. You didn't know that it was going to be about this computer reality in the real world. I mean, what are going to it? What are things that look familiar in this trailer to you? Like for me, it was like, well, I know who Keanu Reeves is. Yeah, he's the action star from Speed. <laughs> No, I mean, what grabbed me was just the visuals, obviously. I mean, it's just you have high-flying leaps, you have machine guns, you know, you've got bricks and mortar getting flown everywhere by people punching them, uh, you've got running, you've got just all sorts of cool leather and, and sunglasses and double-fisted guns pointed right at you. It's it's just a lot of excitement, a lot of, yeah, this, a lot of cool was- action. For me, this was the era of like John Woo coming to America. Sure. Like the year before, I think, um, what's what's the movie? Face Off came out. And I remember, you know, a couple of years before that, I didn't see them. But in college, everybody had like Hard Boiled and some of his other movie posters up in their room. The 90s was a big thing for cool guys with guns, which is kind of obnoxious. But yeah. uh, posing and a lot and, you know, bringing in kung fu and karate into movies. And and like you're saying, all everything you're describing, you know, the, 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 the bricks – Flying some maybe some slow mo kicks, and then you know, the bullet was, time was in there too. Well, the bullet we'll get to that because that was new. Yeah, and that's one of those things. That's probably one of the things I was like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" But coming to this movie at a time where we're in the '90s and we've gotten through the Tarantino and we're in the second wave of Tarantino impersonators, and we've got still got the macho, overly steroid driven action movies. You know, we got Michael Bay coming up and stuff like that. We've got people. You know, we got uh, Antonio Banderas, you know, shuddering a bit when he cocks his gun in the Desperado trailer. We got people always pointing at the screen. We have an era of glorification of guns and ammo and long coats. We had the trench coat mafia frighteningly moving, you know, in conspiracy circles at the time. We have all these ideas in our head. And so to see this trailer where it's people jumping around, it's people with sunglasses, people with long coats. It didn't look that didn't look new to me. That looked like a kind of stylized what people thought was cool or some people thought was cool in the 90s. It just looked like a gun-toting action movie. Jean-Claude Van Damme could have been making this. Steven Seagal, six years earlier, could have been making this. That alone wouldn't have sold me on the movie, and yet that's what I think is in the trailer. Like, did you – before we get to the couple elements in it that I think – are more about what the movie's about. I mean, it looked, some of it looked a little generic to me at the time. Like, were you excited by the idea of it coming out at the time? 
Uh, yeah, it was. It was a movie I was interested in. As as uh, I mean, I was a fan of some of that macho uh, gun toting um, action movies. Big fan. I'm not saying I wasn't. I definitely yeah. saw. I, I mean, I, I like. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I saw it a lot. Yeah, of we've films. talked about Die Hard. I like Die Hard a lot. Uh, Terminator, Terminator Two especially was one of my favorite movies around that that era. Um, and so. That, yeah, this kind of thing would appeal to me. And then you add the mystery of the Matrix and then a couple of those other elements that, that turn it from just being uh, guns and ammo to something deeper that we don't know about. What what else is happening here? Well, let's talk about those elements then because, again, and it's hard to picture this, but we were watching these commercials not knowing the elements that make up the matrix, the altered reality, the slaves to machine, the manipulating your surroundings because it's the virtual world, the bullet time, the, the, the acrobatic kicking and flipping, all of the things that make it a unique film, you know, unique mainstream big time film and the philosophical ideas behind it. None of that was on my mind yet. None of that was coming through in the film. So let's talk about those elements in the trailer that would have gotten your attention that were new. You mentioned bullet time. Yeah. What was that? What is, what is bullet time? So basically silver bullet time with a silver bullet band. <laughs> no, not quite. I'll pass. Uh, uh, bullet time as again, as, as most of our listeners probably know is this heightened, a sense of, of, of reality, this heightened moment for a character that sort of slows down time so you can see how they're reacting to um, whatever's happening. And in this case, uh, it was bullets being shot at Neo, uh, Mr. Keanu, um, and he is dodging those bullets in slow motion. And that's that's basically your bullet time. And, and the camera setup, uh, although I, d- I don't think they really get into the camera movement like they do in the movie where it spins around them in slow motion. There's one shot of Carrie Ann Moss kicking somewhere that you see a little oh, bit right, of the camera swinging around. Oh, right, where she jumps up around. and is frozen in air for a moment, yeah. A little bit, that's odd. But the bullet time, yes, bullet time as a special effect got used into the ground after this movie. Yeah. But it was kind of pioneered for this movie where you're seeing someone move. Yeah, like you're saying, you see multiple bullets in a row because you're stretching the amount of time it takes for the bullet to reach them. And the person, yeah, is so fast they can dodge it. So that was different. Yeah. That was new. And what did you think seeing that at the time? Like, what was your... It's not called bullet time in the trailer, obviously. No, I, I mean, they. I think it only gets referred to as bullet time after the fact when somebody needed to describe it. I don't even know who first coined the phrase. Do you think the filmmakers did, or was that like a critic that did that? I I don't. I think it's probably the name of the effect. I, I do oh, yeah. remember shortly after the movie came out, that is how it was referred and discussed. You know, hmm. we created... The bullet time effect with the cameras and all of that, I, 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 I guess. But um, but that that kind of aside, yeah, that I do remember that in the commercials was striking. Yeah. But it's a movie of people in long coats spinning around. We've seen that before. John Woo puts his slow-mo uh, seagulls or whatever, doves <laughs> flying in every scene. Doves. So are they doves? I'm pretty sure they're doves. Okay, they're doves. So we, you know, we we've seen stuff slow down. So it looked cool, and I'm sure it got my attention. But the I didn't know the idea behind it. It right. just seemed like a technical effect that may have happened before. There may be shots of of a single bullet moving slowly in other films and other sure TV shows. But that was striking. 
And it's in the trailer, and it's in it very briefly as a flash of a special effect. So in my mind, I probably thought, okay, science fiction special effects. Yeah. Or action movie. I don't think I was thinking of this as a science fiction movie yet. I think I was thinking this is an action movie. Here's an action shot. What else? What else in this trailer kind of hits hits home? Uh, a for couple you? Do you other think elements at the time? that that would have stood out, and I can't tell you for sure if they stood out for me then. I'm like, it's hard to recall because ever since seeing the matrix and knowing the matrix you know it's like i live in that world i know what the matrix is so it's hard for me to sort of go back to when i didn't know but something else that would have stood out i think would have been a brief shot of a uh alien type vehicle you know i wasn't sure if it was uh uh, it was definitely mechanical but basically it was one of the uh um turns out it's a probe type of ship um run by the computers it had tentacles that that thing with the laser cutting into um morpheus's ship the squids yeah is that what they're called i think so sure i'm calling them now anyways yeah i don't remember that from the trailer the first time i saw it that's not an image i recall yeah and again that's the same thing for me i don't recall if that stood out for me but certainly on re-watching it um here it, it stands out because everything else is like you're saying. It's like this could just be an action movie, and then suddenly that hits, and so it. I'm, I'd be surprised if it didn't stand out for me a little bit and give me some sense of what the movie might entail. Uh, but it certainly stood out on this rewatch. Well, because we again we know the movie, we yeah. know that's an aspect of the Matrix. But yeah, that for some reason sh- surprised me. I didn't. I did not. Because I don't remember seeing that. And I, that is the kind of thing that I feel like would have gotten my attention yeah. normally in a film. So that's in there. So the science fiction angle. And again, I think I knew The Matrix was a science fiction movie as we got closer to the release. But yeah, I, I would have missed that entirely because it's not an image I had seen before. I had not seen biomechanical squids attack a ship, really. Hmm. And I wasn't looking for it. So that would have flown under my radar. What else in this trailer is kind of classic Matrix? Or is there anything else in it that stuck out to you watching it this time? That you're like, oh yeah, that that would have gotten my attention back then. Um, I believe there was like the the metal liquid on his hand for a brief moment, or maybe he was touching the mirror and it kind of mm-hmm. did the liquidy thing. That stood out and and probably would have that. piqued yeah. my interest at the time. Sure, and I think that would have been that as an effect. I think I remember almost more than the bullet time. I think you're right because there was yeah. a weird liquidy. And it was like a T2 kind of thing. It made me think of, of that effect. So it is the something we'd metal. seen. Yeah, that, that's probably what I would have thought, too. So that maybe wouldn't have gotten my attention because Terminator 2 was so sacred to me at that time. I don't think I, I would have thought it was ripping that off. Something from the trailer that I remember, and I'm seeing it this time, I'm, I'm going to probably paraphrase it and say it wrong, but it's, it is the thing that eventually got me to see the movie. Hmm. Um. As the trailer's playing, and I remember this trailer before I went back and watched it, I was, like you said, I think, I was expecting something a little more mysterious, so maybe it is because we know it. Right. My memory is a bunch of weird scenes of the action scenes intercut, and then the voiceover and image, or maybe image, and then the voice covers some other scenes of Lawrence Fishburne saying that unfortunately nobody can be told what's in the Matrix. They have to see it or something like that. Yeah, what's you the can't be told line? what the Matrix is. You have to see it. Yeah, something like that. Which is the perfect catch, uh, perfect tagline for what we're talking about. It's like, we can't show you what this is. You're going to have to see the movie. And that line stood out for me. Because in 1999, 
I was big into conspiracy theories. And in 1999, I sadly bought and read a David Ick book about how there are reptilians in the government running the world. <laughs> and, and, and sadly, this idea, this book, yeah, I think it came out around the same time. This, the, sadly, this idea of the veiled, you know, life behind, you know, the, the masks that aliens wear or something was something I read about. So they hear that line that you have to be shown what's in it, what's in it like that. I was like, okay, so there's a they live kind of truth to this, maybe. There's something special to this. And that probably piqued my attention because I know as the, as the movie came out, I remember when I finally heard what the plot was. I was at work. I worked at a dentist's office just doing insurance stuff. And one of the dentists was talking about the movie and began explaining the plot. And when he explained the plot, it blew my mind. <laughs> like he started talking about how, well, there's another reality and they live in these machines. Like he wasn't doing it justice, but he was kind of giving, hearing him say that, I was like, oh, I just found something big out because that's true. The Matrix, the title of this movie, the the, the, the long lines of green numbers spelling out everything about it. I, I didn't know what it fucking was or what it meant. And that was the selling point. And as I slowly started to hear him describe it and, and moved away, I was like, all right, I got to see this before more people describe it. So I was won over by the movie telling me I had to see it to understand it. Were you going to see the movie or were you now definitely going to see it? Was like the movie wasn't maybe a, a definite for you, but then when it got spoiled a little bit and you found out more about it, that's when you knew you had to see it? I think so. I mean, I don't think it was on my radar as something to see at the time. I don't think it's the kind of movie I would have gone to see based on what I saw in the commercials. So the the mystery of what is The Matrix didn't really grab you until you got a slight taste of what it actually was, until it was yeah. a little bit spoiled for you. Until I started realizing, yeah, because when it, when he started explaining it, because I heard him prompt it as saying like, well, it's kind of, you know, going to give some of it away. Do you want to know what it's about? And he started explaining it. I suddenly realized that, wow, the movie's got something. There is a trick in this movie or, or a secret. That, like, again, the line earlier was interesting, but I never – it didn't hook me. I wasn't going to see this movie. But the moment I found out there was something more to it, that piqued my spiritual interest. That piqued my looking for something bigger interest and what's behind masks and blah, blah, blah. But I still didn't really get – what it was about. And then friends of mine saw it and they would talk a little bit about it. So I started getting bits and pieces that, okay, he lives in a computer. I get like, I didn't know virtual reality. So when did you see I, it? Was it like two, three weeks after it came out? I, I, I think I saw, I probably saw it a week or two after it came out at that yeah. point. Long enough that someone else had seen it. Because that's the thing, too. This movie was a surprise hit. I right. don't think they expected it to be enormous. And didn't we I, have Star Wars coming out? soon after that star wars was coming out so two months was, later there were other exactly. movie there was a bigger movie being talked about and maybe that's it too that was on my mind so this was kind of like i don't have space for two action movies mm. or any other movie i have this it'd be a bad year for ghostbusters 3 but yeah when i finally saw it i was excited to see it because now i had a hint of this mystery and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the movie. I remember coming out of it and being like, yeah, that blew my mind. And I remember coming out of it wishing I didn't know the little bit that it did. And again, I didn't know a whole lot, but I knew enough that there was a dual reality. It was effing spoiled for you. It was a little effing spoiled but for it was, me. But it was spoiled enough that you actually went to see it. You you may not have gone to see it at, at that time if you hadn't gotten more of a taste of it, it sounds like. Except that 
I mean, I think that except for the reason that the movie was became huge. The movie built. It was it no, no, no. I, again See, like I think I think if you hadn't I think the timing of that, knowing you, the timing of finding out a little bit more worked. Because if you hadn't found out more and then it got huge, I think, and everybody was talking about it, you probably would have refused to see it at that point. (laughs) If you had gone, if you had gone too long, and then everybody else was talking about it, you might have refused. I don't know because it is such a mind blow. Like it's not now. The Matrix isn't mind blowing anymore because we know it. Because it's been discussed. It's been. You know, there's the whole philosophy papers written about it. People like to analyze it. You can analyze Two it. Two subpar and sequels have kind of pulled the magic out of it. I, I don't think that's – first of all, I really – has for me. It has, really? Well, I mean, I uh, will the, still – The first movie's ruined because they made two follow-ups to it. Um, no, not when you say it like that. But I think, like you're saying <laughs> – if I say it backwards, I'm going to cut that. That was dumb. Uh. <laughs> no, um, but I think it, it could have been like the the wonder and awe of it could have been accentuated if the uh, sequels had been better or better received anyway. Um, but no, I, I think Did it the, need awe, a sequel? the awe is still there. Did it there. need a sequel to itself at that point? It didn't need one, but I can see why there were sequels. Um, obviously because it became the hit it did. Um, but I mean, you talk about everybody knows what the matrix is. There is a generation that doesn't know what the matrix is. My kids don't know what the matrix is. They haven't been introduced to that yet. Um, But do you think there's a language that has been introduced to the world that they will? Like they know computers, they know the internet. They will probably hear various lines and things from this where they're entering into it, it's not going to be as much of a leap to be like, oh, he was plugged into a machine and now he's out that's of it. That's true. It won't be as much of a leap. I guess that's true. And uh, is that timing or is that because this movie has saturated the consciousness in a way? Um, I don't know. I think over time, The Matrix is talked about less and less. Um, I don't think it it is in the the pop culture world as much as... Right now, anyway, as much as like Star Wars is, or as much as the Marvel movies and superheroes are, um, no, because they didn't keep making them. But the central idea to it, that concept, which isn't an original concept, I think a lot of us think there's it's the, again the conspiracy thought. There's something working in the shadows. There's something that's not the world we see, and we're seeing an, an illusion. Be it we're being sold on products that don't work well. Be it there's a secret cabal government working the world be it we're all machines whatever it is that's an ancient ancient concept and it's been handed down through society this the matrix and you and again people can say well dark city did it well the invisibles did it yeah other things did it the thing that i think people went and saw and learned how to talk about was the matrix so i think its existence as a film you know, it's like the phrase, may the force be with you. It's like the phrase, live long and prosper. And I wonder, is the Matrix like that, that their experience with it can't be pure? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm sh- I'm trying to think, because there are things that they've they watched now that I'm sure have made Matrix references or have had little mini Matrix-type uh, uh, action sequences or even just direct uh, ripoff of the Matrix where they've gone into an alternate reality i guess you're right yeah there's going to be things that it it won't be as fresh and new and unknown to them yeah 
And also, they're not going to watch it now because <laughs> they're they're probably too young too to want to watch it. Yeah, there's still a few years that I think I would wait and, and introduce it to them. I, I feel like The Matrix gave society a way to look at these things at an era where conspiracy theories were big in the 90s. This idea of blankets over our eyes, sheep and whatever, and you, you learn, you know. Didn't didn't uh, Mel Gibson's conspiracy theory movie come out in 1999? It came out in 1997, but okay. that's okay. <laughs> um, he bites Patrick Stewart in the nose, I think. Ah, of course. And I saw that movie in the theater because I loved conspiracy <laughs> theories because there was this imaginary feeling that somehow you have the knowledge no one else has, even though it's in a published book. Still, the 90s, I feel like we're with the X-Files with a conspiracy theory, with the net, with these dumb David Ick books, and with the Matrix, and a lot in comics, with everything Grant Morrison wrote for comic books in the 90s. There was an exploration of this. We're getting this idea of there being something behind the screens, and it's in pop culture. Timing-wise, <clears throat> this movie came out at, at what I think was a growing peak of that. You know, 1999, the last year we can talk about on this podcast, <laughs> I think... It was all kind of reaching a, a boiling point or something. Yeah, that made this movie really feel like we're gonna get, we're gonna blow your mind, and here it is. And do you think even that idea has any weight to people now? Like we're, you and I are shocked by what the world is. I think I'm speaking for you. No, no, you're accurate. There's this idea that it's become TV program, that, you know, the ruler of this nation right now is a TV star. All the things that we can all say, and we all do say, we, and that's the thing, we still act surprised by it. We're two years in. It's not surprising. We see the path that it took. Do you think The Matrix now takes that path? It's not a surprising movie. You see the trailer, you see the bitch, you're like, oh, he's going to be pulled out of a reality because we have that reality now. Yeah. We have online video games, online worlds, The Sims, Bitcoin. We have all these things that mimic in a way, for good and for bad, discussion, whatever, um, this angle, this science fiction angle. So do you think it would even be possible for, say, like your daughters to grow up never hearing about The Matrix, for it to even have an impact or an effect now? Because it's technology-based in the movie, and maybe that's outdated. Do you think this movie can even be spoiled for them or is it just old hat that oh that's what that's what would happen in yeah, this movie that's common it's that's a good question it's hard to it's hard to say um it does seem like it's just more of a reality now yeah like you're saying it does seem like um it won't be i mean it might still be a twist in the storytelling of the movie but the concept, like you're saying, the concept as a whole won't be like a shock like it was for us. Um, yeah. And and yeah, as time goes on, too, um, there's just going to be more that they're exposed to that already exists in a world where the Matrix already exists. And so, yeah, it's just going to be uh, uh, just too too common of a pop culture reference for them to be shocked by it. Because it's pop culture. Right. So why why is The Matrix the one for this? Because, again, Dark City came out two years prior to it, I think. A lot of people – or three. I think that's 96 that came out. I tried watching of, Dark City three times and fell asleep each time. Well, it all takes place at night. That might be why. Might be why. And it's, I would watch it at night. But a lot of people – when when The Matrix came out, as before it was building its 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 
before it got its foothold as being a groundbreaking movie, there were people saying Dark City already did this. There are a lot of people who say it stole from The Invisibles by Grant Morrison, this series of comic book series he did in the 90s into the 2000s. So these ideas were out there and people were discussing it. Why do you think The Matrix is the one that hit and hit big and is the go-to I mean, I guess because you stayed awake for it, the reason for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was also the one that was is uh, most accessible. Um, it had the wider- Why, why is it most accessible? Because well, this concept was way out there when it came out, as was a lot of the filming techniques, what they were doing in cinema for a mainstream movie. And The Matrix is a mainstream movie. And, and that's what makes it more accessible. The Dark City was not a mainstream movie. It was a smaller feature. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a foreign film, but it was- uh, made overseas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think you are mistaken. Yeah. Dark City? Yeah. It wasn't more of a just an Australian movie? Or am I thinking of something else? I don't think so. Are you thinking of a movie with Jennifer Connelly and yeah. the buildings are moving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't a huge like studio. Are you thinking about Gattaca? Are you thinking Gattaca? No, because Gattaca, I think, was a big studio movie. I think... Okay. I, think I think they the both Matrix, have Ethan Hawke. I think The Matrix had... Uh, more of a studio backing. It was pushed by the studio. Uh, more people were going to go see this movie than they were t- to see Dark City because Dark City wasn't as widely released. More people were going to see this movie than read The Invisibles because more people went to the movies than they did buy comic books. Um, and so I think that's why this hit. And it was a good movie. It was interesting. It was full of great effects. Uh, it had a story. It was new. And it became a hit. And so I think that's why The Matrix is doing it more so than than the things that might have come before it. Have you seen The Matrix recently? When was the last time you watched The Matrix? Oh, six years, seven years ago, maybe. And it was probably on TV, you know? I was probably flipping around and I would come back to it. Yeah, I have not watched this in a while. Truthfully, I don't think I watched it that much. Like, I know I bought it when it came out on VHS. I bought it right away. Yeah, I watched it a lot. I watched it a lot when it was on DVD. Did we watch it together a lot? I'm sure we did. I feel like we did. Yeah, I I knew it enough because I know I went back to it. There were concepts that fascinated me, and I'm sure I watched it in the lead up to Matrix Reloaded. But I watched those sequels far more than I watched the original. Wow. Yeah, I kept going back to that. God, I really love Matrix Reloaded. We'll have to do a 30th century pop podcast so I can talk about that movie because I and two other people seem to really <laughs> like that one. That could be a retro shock. I, I would go back to it. I've, I haven't been back to it since I saw it the first time in the theater. You never went back to the sequel to The Matrix? No. And I don't think I've so seen it the- it self-contained? I don't think I've seen the Is third one. Is it a self-contained one. movie? The, the first Matrix? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's an open-endedness to it, but- there, lots of movies have open-ended endings that, that you don't go back to. Like Blade Runner. Before Blade Runner got a sequel, that's a movie that kind of can stand on its own. Yeah. And I feel like The Matrix, for everything that I think it's about, it actually – and I think you said this already, so I'm, I'm just repeating you <laughs> to make it seem like I'm giving this closure. For what The Matrix is actually talking about, it does regain some or retain some of that mystery when it just ends, when it's the one-time experience. Yeah, and maybe that's the way. Maybe that's why these things are spoiled later on, is because even just the Matrix itself, a movie like that was never released. 
A movie like that was never that big of a hit in March. A movie like that never preceded Star Wars. There were people when Phantom Menace came out who, if they couldn't get into a Phantom Menace showing, went to see The Matrix because it was still playing. I remember that vividly. Mm. I think The Mummy was also on that (laughs) docket. But there were a lot of things to The Matrix as a film that were so unique just in how it was presented. So the ideas in it and what it's about, these things that weren't spoiled necessarily in the trailer to tie all that in, seemed new and just blew our minds because we had never seen something represented that way. It wasn't, it didn't look like the kind of movie I wanted to see. And like you said, suddenly I was challenged by the fact that, oh, there's, I'm learning a little bit about the behind the scenes. I got to get into it before it's all ruined. That I probably wouldn't go see it now. There are plenty of movies from the 90s and 2000s that are sci-fi. I'm not going to go see Interstellar. I'm not going to sit through that. I'm not going to sit through the other movie he made about planes. I don't know. Can I love science fiction? That's the thing. But I don't think I knew this was a science fiction film until I started hearing about it. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to um kind of remove ourselves from the existence of the matrix that we know and and try and recall a, a time before that. It's hard to to recall if if I thought it was science fiction. I kind of feel like I did, but maybe I didn't. But now it's hard. I can't separate the two. It's frustrating. It's frustrating that we can't have that experience. Like you won't know the answer to that. And nothing can ever be new more than once. Right. And I get that. I don't think, I don't even know if it's so much spoilers necessarily and and knowing too much about a movie as it is. And I'm going to sound really old and cranky for a minute, but just to kind of wrap this up. Given the capacity for repeat viewing and repeating the experience of something, which I love doing. I have a wall of DVDs and Blu-rays and VHS tapes that I love going back to. Do you think having the Matrix exist in front of you as more than just a one time of seeing it, that one experience, do you think that spoils it a little bit? Do you think movies themselves, not as being disposable, but do you think there's something to movies existing through time in your mind, not for a new audience, but in your mind, that kind of lessens them a little bit or lessens maybe the impact. Is, is that is that a bad thing or a detrimental thing? Or is it or not detrimental, but is it changing the medium that we can have and stream these movies multiple times whenever we want? Um, that is a lot to unfold. Well, I, I asked it poorly. Sorry. No, I, I'm not, but I get what you're saying. Um, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I do I and we've talked about this before. I'm I'm less and less a fan of having streaming movies at your fingertip at any moment. My kids have watched the same thing over and over and over again, and I think that does lessen the effect of those of those movies uh compared to when we were kids and the excitement of seeing it maybe once a year if it was uh rerunning on television or something or being able to rent it um once you know, a month maybe, uh, or even just one time because you got a bunch of people together and you all were like, you need to experience this movie. I think having the streaming does lessen the effect um, of of these types of movies for sure. Is it streaming or is it repeating it? Because I watched Back to the Future every week for a while when I got it on VHS as a kid. I watched Transformers the movie every week. I watched Ghostbusters every couple of weeks. I kept going back to these things because I had them at the time on VHS 
which is just like streaming. You pop it in the sure. VCR. Now yeah. I don't have a VCR hooked up, so I stream. But yeah, I tend to gravitate more often. I'm trying to break this a little bit towards things I already know and returning to right. them. Um, this is off topic, I realize. I, I just... Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's how it's great. But I just... I Because I don't know how your kids experience things. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe just as a kid, however you're experiencing it, you don't have the the wherewithal or, or the grasp of an experience to be like, I'm watching this again and again and again. It's just every time, maybe there is something new to it. Maybe oh. something doesn't get ruined, even though they know it verbatim. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'd- I don't think it, it – it depends on the quality of what they're watching too um, and their love of it. It's not going to be the same uh, every time. You're only going to have that first time. And so that twist, that surprise, that shock is only going to affect you once. Um, and then you have – your feelings about it changes. Your excitement perhaps of that moment that you know is coming is about to come up. So that you think about it differently um, and then you – Start watching and you see the clues. Oh, this happens. Um, this is a sign. Oh, I didn't catch that the first time. Uh, how this light changes every time he says this word or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be new ways to enjoy a good movie and a movie you like. Uh, but you're only going to have that first time to to be surprised. I don't know because I still can rewatch certain things and still get moved by them every time. Sure, and 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 I'm not saying you can't, but you're moved by them in a different way than the first time. Maybe is there what's from your past, anyways, from the 20th century? Is there a movie you really wish you could experience for the first time again? Is there a particular film? It's I know it's just a question, but oh, like, I don't what know. is it that you'd like to go into and be like, oh my god, I'm experiencing this again for the first time ever. <sighs> For the first time, um, I don't know. Uh, th- there might be other movies, but for some reason, The Fifth Element pops into my head. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed The Fifth Element. Um, it huh. was it was uh, a good experience I had. Um, out of sight, but but that's more of um, the experience of seeing it. I would just like to do that again. It was not just the movie, but how I saw it. Um, oh, because you want to recreate it. I'm just talking about. Something you could walk into not knowing and just yeah. have the emotional connection with again. Uh, not that that it was, I wasn't being detrimental. It sounds like that was very complicated going to see out of sight. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. How about you? What, what, what stands out for you? Well, just as I was asking it, I mean, my first thought was Ghostbusters. Okay. Just to go in the Ghostbusters because I just, it was a topic I, I loved, but was also scared of ghosts. So there was that angle, but just the humor in that movie being something I never heard before and just laughing all the way through and it being about something I enjoyed the supernatural. So that's something I'd like to experience as if it was new. Cause I didn't know at nine another comedy like that, but then I was thinking like, and I, it's, it's one or the other, but clerks or mall rats, I think mm. probably clerks because again, hadn't heard something like that before, but that was the movie that most of anything I've ever seen and I'm always trying to identify with the characters I like, whatever. That movie and seeing that movie, sitting and watching it and really it just feeling real to me. Not so much I want to be like that character, which is still what was going on. But having you know, having that illusion totally shattered, being like, oh, I am that character. Which I would do for a lot of things, but it was always like, I want to be Richard Lewis on this show. Or I want to be Luke Skywalker in Outer Space. But this... I just, that feeling of being almost vindicated where it's like, yes, that's what it's like. And yes, that's how people are. And yes, if it makes for a film, my life's not a failure. Hmm. 
if I'm enjoying watching it, I'm going to enjoy living it like that. I would love to have that experience again. Yeah. Because now if I try it, it's sad. It's like Californication with David Duchovny <laughs> or Marin, Mark Marin's show or any of these things where it's like, I guess I want to be that. I don't. <laughs> but I think it would be Clerks. I think I would like to see and experience Clerks yeah. for the first time again. I'm going to think about that more because I don't think, yeah, that'd be interesting. I want to I wanna answer that better. Yeah, uh, I'll listen to you. I don't know if anyone else will hear it. Um, any th- any other thoughts on the Matrix? We kind of we talked about it, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That was uh, <laughs> that was the topic. That was the topic. And you know, as we often do, we just kind of it's it's spoilers in general as we move through through our our main topic. So um, yeah, I I I am actually surprised. My last thing is just to be surprised that uh, I, we didn't connect on this when it first came out we were kind of coming at it from two different things i didn't realize that i felt like we both really were into the matrix at at the start like prior to it coming out we both were excited about it i did not realize you had to get a little bit of a push that was interesting to learn i remember it i mean if 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 i'm wrong i'm wrong but yeah i don't remember being excited but i think you i think you hit i think two things one it didn't look like the kind of movie i wanted but i think you're right it was the year of phantom menace yeah and someday we should talk about that, 1999, because it was the year of Phantom Menace, so that's all that was on my mind. But once Phantom Menace came out, and once I saw it, I have some great memories of every movie for the rest of that year that we saw. So I think it'd be interesting at some point to use that as a focal point, because yeah, I bet that was distracting me. 99 is probably a really good year for movies. Um, what, a sten- Next what a sentence to end on. Next week on 20th Century Pop. <laughs> 99, good for movies or just a steakhouse? Um, but yeah, this that's Bob's right. Next week, well, in two weeks, um, everyone. Again, 20th Century Pop. That's the show you just listened to. We're going to try something a little different this year. I think... Um, I think it'll benefit uh, Bob and I, if no one else. Uh, the show's going to go bi-weekly, at least for a little while. We're going to be doing it every other week. Uh, same show, same, you know, if you're subscribed to it, you still get to it. If you want to subscribe to it, you can at 20popcast.com. We're going to be doing the show every other week now, and I think we'll interject every now and then with some special bonus episodes or, or maybe some follow-ups, and who knows? Down the line, it might become a weekly show again, but I think right now, this is what we can do, so this is what we'll do. And what are we doing? We're doing a show called 20th Century Pop, which you can visit at 20popcast.com where all these segues bad as they are lead to it's the website where you can subscribe to the show if you enjoy it on uh, apple podcasts on stitcher on a bunch of different podcast catchers you can also well you can always hear the most recent episodes streaming right there on the homepage. there are also links to all of our past episodes so you can check those out and i would say check those out i think there's some 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 okay episodes there uh you can also find links to follow us on twitter at 20 popcast on instagram also at 20 popcast uh you can drop us a line there you can find us on facebook um bob what about you would you like to plug yourself uh sure yeah follow me separately from the podcast uh at rh canning um and i'll always add you know interact uh let us know your thoughts on the matrix either um on twitter or facebook um let us know if or it on was... the silver bullet time band or if yeah, you like them. yeah that yeah. would be great you like bob seeger is it bob seeger am i right in that he's the silver bullet band yeah silver bullet time band i hate that band that's okay. What's their big hit? Um, and then I'll let you plug yourself. I'm sorry. Just what is it? Something, it? something about rock and roll. Old time rock and roll. Good that's thing. not them. That's is not it? them. Oh, is it? I don't who know. Who sings "Against the Wind" and who sings "Mandolin Rain"? <laughs> I don't know. And who sings "The End of the Innocence"? I'm looking it up. And who sings "99 Luft"? 
balloons. That's Nina, right? It is Nina. Nana. Or is it Nina? It's not Nana. That's the anime. That's the first anime. I yeah, ever Bob read. Seger's Against the Wind. Night, uh. night Moves. Oh, Night Moves. That's the horrible one I'm thinking of. Does he sing Shakedown from one of the Beverly Hills Cops movies? Uh, you're busted. Shakedown. Open parenthetical. You're is busted. Is that Kenny Loggins? No, I know it's not Kenny Loggins, but I don't know who sings it. Uh, Old Time Rock and Roll is the one I was thinking of. That is one of the worst That's songs ever recorded. I hate it. Shakedown. Breakdown. That's forty bucks right yep, there. That's yeah, Bob, that's Bob Seger too. That is. Yeah. Okay. What yeah, a that great, sounds... great band he has. Mm, what a band he has. Traveling. He man? has a band. They're a band. That's what I would say. They're a band. Oh, apparently also has a song called Horizontal Bop. Or am I looking at something else? You might be looking at Poison. <laughs> they had no. That's Unskinny Bop. <laughs> no, there's a Horizontal Bop here, and I'm gonna learn more about it after after we say goodbye. Well, let's get to that then. Um, yeah, people can check out your blog. <laughs> Do you still blog? Do you still have that going? It's still out there. People can still okay. get to it. I have not posted anything new of late ever since my well, car died and I lost my to. my tape player. But um, I'm looking oh, into no. getting back into that. But yeah, I, otherwise I have nothing else to promote. I have not added anything to that blog. I have not added anything to my comic strip. Um, you know, so. Wow, we're ending this kind of on a downer. <laughs> a depressing end to the start of the new year, everyone. Uh, 2019, <laughs> the year of the Bob Seger Silver Bullet Time Band comeback. With Shakedown and whatever song you want to play while you slide into your kitchen and sing into a pickle just like Alf did. And prior to that, I guess, I almost said Tommy Lee Jones, Tom Cruise. And now, a special bonus outtake from today's episode. Did you hear that? Yeah, do you have a canteen? <laughs> I do. Well, it's a water bottle, but it, it's funny you should say canteen because I'm in my Cub Scout outfit. No. <laughs> I have the creature cantina, which we now know as Moss Eisley, but didn't for some reason when I had the toy. Also, I didn't know what a cantina was. I just assumed that's where aliens go to drink. <laughs> yeah, and a, listen a, to jizz. Because that's what up. the music's called in the Star Wars universe. It's <laughs> jizz music. Jizz They're music. jizz lobbers. Finger and Dan and the model nodes, they lob jizz or music at a ready-to-listen ear and face. <laughs> I don't know why, but that is what it's canonically called. Oh, good Lord. These are things I'm happy not to know. Did you not know that? Did that, did that never not, came up when we lived together? That, no. hey, I'm just listening to some jizz here. <laughs> that, <laughs> never, that has never come up. That song has come up, but you never referred to it as jizz. <laughs> what's uh, what's in your bag? Oh, it's a couple of jizz albums. <laughs> My favorite fingering Dan and the Model Node albums. I've got uh, the one that you know, and I've got the other one that you probably know. <laughs> yeah, it's jizz. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good jizz.